0: Well, hello there, everyone. This is Nurse Mo, and today I have a special bonus episode for you because I know a lot of students are in nursing school navigating not only that, but also chronic illness. So today I have a student who has a chronic illness and she manages it with such grace and skill that I wanted her to be on the podcast to share her tips with you. So maybe if you're thinking about nursing school, but you are worried that your chronic illness is going to hold you back, I really hope this inspires you. And if you're in nursing school and also managing a chronic illness, I hope that this gives you some tips and ways that you can still absolutely 100% thrive. So let's dive into the interview with Christina Brown. Okay, everyone. So I have Christina Brown here with me today, and she is going to be the expert on this topic for us. So, first of all, Christina, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. And why don't we start by you giving a quick intro and a little bit about the illness that you manage? You know, of course, just sharing what you're comfortable sharing.
1: Yes, thank you so much for having me on. And so I actually have a few different conditions. I have a primary immunodeficiency called common variable immune deficiency which means I have low IgG, that main antibody, and no IgA, which is the one that like lines all your mucus tracts, no IgA. I also have reflex sympathetic dystrophy, which is a chronic pain disorder that I've had since I was 9, and depression.
0: Well, okay then. I think this qualifies you as our chronic illness expert (laughs) for nursing students. And I'm so sorry you have to deal with this. But from just talking to you a little bit, like leading up to this, it sounds like you've come up with some really effective ways to cope. And um, I can't wait for you to share that with the students. So what does this mean for you? Like, are you getting treatments all the time?
1: Yes. So I'm on weekly immunoglobulin infusions to replace what my immune system's lacking. So you might have heard of it as IVIG, but instead of it being IV route, I get mine subcutaneously that I get to administer at home by myself, but it does take over three hours every week. I also get different types of nerve blocks for my RSD, and I'm on an antidepressant regimen.
0: Okay then. So on top of school, on top of everything with that, you also have to make time for a ton of stuff that keeps you as healthy as possible. So, what is it like like going to school having a chronic illness? I know so many students when I had posted about this, you know, recently in the Facebook group, so much interest in this. I was actually really surprised. I guess I didn't realize there were so many people with chronic illness pursuing nursing, but it turns out there are. So, what, what is it like going to nursing school while you're dealing with all of this?
1: Yeah. So with the chronic illness community, a lot of people have had different things and have just kind of kept them to themselves because that was kind of the the whole thing in healthcare was you take care of the sick people. You're not the sick people. But kind of as our culture has shifted, people are more upfront about what they're going through, not only to express themselves, but also to help other people with what they're going through.
0: Absolutely.
1: So managing multiple chronic illnesses could be a full-time job on its own, which is why some people refer to themselves as professional patients. So I have to coordinate all of my different doctor's appointments, deal with insurance issues, (laughs) do a multitude of treatments and therapies, and get tests done as they are needed, Now, add all the intricacies of nursing school on top of that, because keeping myself healthy is the base to getting anything done.
0: Yeah, that just in and of itself, I'm just sitting over here thinking, wow, that's enough to manage just without a full-time nursing school, um, you know, without that component going on. So um, let's talk, I want to save, I know you're going to share some great tips We're going to save that to the very, very end, Um, but can you first tell me, like, what's been the biggest challenge that you've had going to nursing school as you're dealing with and managing all of this? So the biggest challenge for me
1: has been finding the balance between doing all the things required for nursing school and keeping myself healthy. So I was, I was an overachiever the first time I was in college about 10 years ago because my immune deficiency first started really impacting my life around my sophomore year of college. And at the time, both my depression and my RSD were fairly under control. At that time, I could push my body to take crazy amount of hours, tutor chemistry, and be in my university's marching band but now i'm having to learn to readjust and accept that i just can't do that anymore but that doesn't mean i can't be a great student
0: i think that's a really great way to frame that like cuz i think a lot of students would be feel kind of down about that or maybe be hard on themselves so i like that you you brought that up and ex- the acceptance and maybe it's just a different it just—it's just a different way of doing school, right? It's not necessarily worse. It's just different. So I think I think that's really great that you that you mentioned that, and I hope this gives someone listening permission to not necessarily. Automatically exclude yourself from being able to succeed because, yes, it is a lot to manage, but as Christina is showing us, it is completely, completely possible. So, what I want to know is nursing is a very physical job, right? Nursing school, there are components of it like those long clinical days. When you have a day that's really physical, even if it's, you know, at a job or whatever, how do you manage that? Um, while also taking really good care of yourself. Because it sounds like you've got the personality type to push, 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 but you have to be really smart about it.
1: Yes, that's, that's part of the balance. So I take breaks whenever I can because I know I might not get any later. So take your breaks. There's kind of this whole idea of like, oh yeah, I worked through lunch today or I didn't take that 15 minute break. I was doing something else take your breaks. I also prioritize rest the day before and the day after because sometimes it's better for me to take a 30-minute nap than do an extra 30 minutes of studying.
0: Um, so thank you so much for saying that. Students will often ask questions or, you know, share stories about really wanting to push through studying when they're exhausted. And the first thing I say is, take a break, please. Go take a nap or go do something else for an hour. You're not going to learn effectively if you're drained. That nap or that rest or that break is going to be an awesome return on investment because then when you come back to it later, you're going to be so much more effective. So, And I also love, Christina, what you said about taking your breaks when you're at work or you're at clinical because, yes... There's, I don't know if it's a badge of honor or what, but it felt like for a while there, with nursing especially, there was just this mentality that you push through and you do whatever you have to do for your patients, and then nurses get really lost in that and don't take care of themselves. So I think it's fantastic that as a student, you already know that you have to prioritize yourself so that you can take really good care of other people.
1: Absolutely, you can't pour
0: from an empty cup. I love that. Yes, I need to get that put on a T-shirt and wear it <laughs> so that yes. I remember. So I remember myself, right? Okay. So speaking of that, um, something that I think students might not tune into because there is this assumption that nursing school is going to be hard no matter what, and that it's completely normal to be exhausted and drained and burned out all the time. But we know that's not true. So how do you know when to stop? How do you know when to rest? Like, do you pay particular attention to certain things? How do you know when your body is saying, Christina, step back, take a break?
1: So fatigue is one of the symptoms that all of my conditions have in common right from the get-go. So I know I need to rest. hmm I can usually tell I'm getting close to my limit if like, my pain increases, I'm having trouble concentrating or studying, or if I'm oversleeping on my days off. So my problem isn't so much that I don't know my cues. It's more that I'll sometimes try to push through them, which could lead to going over my limit.
0: Yeah, I could see that being... um... Very possible, especially at really high critical times in the semester. Like, you've got a final tomorrow. Are you going to push through and say, I'll rest later? Or do you try to really remind yourself and be really diligent about taking that break when your body says to take it?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. How about balancing wanting to be an amazing student, right? But also knowing that... You do need to take care of yourself and that will pull away from study time and homework time. So how do you balance those two things?
1: Yeah. So I learned the hard way that my health has to come first. So now I prioritize it over everything else because like a B on an exam, because I had three doctor's appointments and a procedure during that module time is definitely better than skipping these appointments and studying like crazy but then not being able to even take the exam because I'm in the hospital.
0: Okay. So perspective and prioritizing what's truly, truly important, which is you, right? Yes. Okay. I love that you said that. Okay. You have shared when we were talking before so many tips So there's a lot of students listening that have chronic illness of all different types. So I'm just going to let you run through your best tips for a student who is in nursing school but also managing their chronic illness.
1: So my number one tip is... Definitely get connected with the disability accessibility services at your school before classes start. You can adjust accommodations as needed. There's also a lot of paperwork to even get the process started. So those accommodations, it's better to start with what you think you might need so you don't start out a semester two steps behind already. Because honestly, I wish I would have done this. I didn't go to them at first because I didn't consider myself, quote, disabled. So I didn't think they could do anything for me. It was actually a professor that I had my first semester that encouraged me to stop by the office. And I found out there were things that could be done to help my situation. So for example, instead of taking tests in the large computer room that many different classes and a lot of people use, I have a private room in the testing center that I can go in and I can clean before my test time starts, and it doesn't have everybody else's germs, which is especially important now because of COVID.
0: Absolutely. Okay, that was fantastic. So get in with the Disability Services Department before classes start. That's the key, right? Because there's paperwork, there's things you have to do, and you want to have that all lined up before classes start, correct? Correct. Absolutely. Get that done before classes start if you can. Fantastic. Okay, hit me with the next one. So know your limitations
1: and try to determine them, again, before the semester starts and come up with some plans, even if they're kind of vague at the moment, come up with some plans to help manage them. So I've learned through my job as a tech that I can't do three 12-hour shifts in a row but I can do them in sets of two and get the same number of hours.
0: Okay, I love that. And just by the way, I can't do three twelves either. It's really hard. Even doing two in a row is tough. So kudos to you for figuring that out. Um, I think that's fantastic. So what is your next fabulous tip?
1: Self-care. Sometimes self-care means a bubble bath, Other times it means taking time to do your treatments, but both are self-care and both are
0: necessary. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Keep them coming, Christina. These are amazing. So along that same line, don't let school or clinical
1: get in the way of taking any medications on time. You can always just run to the bathroom and take them, but it is not worth missing them.
0: That's a very important thing to bring up because I I think sometimes students, especially in clinical, might be afraid to speak up and advocate for themselves or during class or during, you know, a skills lab or something to say, hey, I got to step out for a minute because that has to be your absolute priority. And I imagine, do you have like alarms that go off? How do you remember that it's time to take something when you've got so much going on?
1: Yeah. I'll have alarms set on my phone or like on my watch Mm -hmm. so that I do. And I try to bundle as many medications together as I can so that I'm only stepping out like once or twice. Mm -hmm. But if you need to step out more, especially if you let your instructors know beforehand, they completely understand.
0: Right. Yes. Okay. Very good. Okay. What else you got?
1: So stay hydrated It sounds fairly easy to stay hydrated during clinicals before you've had them, but when you're running around, time is flying by, make sure to drink, which that's probably a good tip for everyone
0: though. Uh, I 100% agree. It sounds so simple, right? But I've worked those 12-hour shifts where I realize about 10 hours into it, I've never once had to go to the bathroom because I haven't had a single sip of water. So you guys get a water bottle, something that you can take to clinical, not too giant so you don't have this great big huge things to lug around, but something that you can keep close to you so that you remind yourself to drink water. Thank you for that fabulous, fabulous reminder.
1: Yes. Yes, so much. <laughs> so mental health matters. Every chronic illness has an impact on your emotional health even if it's a mainly physical condition. But if you have a mental health condition, prioritize it like you would a physical disorder.
0: I think that's fantastic advice. So um, would there be resources? I'm just trying to think, are there resources at the school for mental health? I imagine there are.
1: Usually your student health fees go to both student health and I think people are, like universities and colleges are almost required to have some sort of mental health outlet, whether that's, I know at my school, we have 12 sessions of one hour long therapy that you get per year. Wow. If you need, if you need more than that, they can give you outside resources.
0: That's incredible. Okay. You guys look into that because if your school has something like that, take advantage of it. Oh my gosh. That sounds absolutely awesome. I love that. And you're already paying for it. So it's a free thing. Yeah, absolutely. Use as many of the resources as you can. Okay, what else you got, Christina?
1: Well, and still with that, you can also reach out to your
0: instructors,
1: especially Mm. if you're close to one of them or if you have a psych instructor that you're really close to because they might also know some different resources within your college or even outside that they can help
0: with your mental health too. Okay, fantastic. Thank you.
1: So if you can, try to figure out a day or really a part of the day that you can dedicate to doctor's appointments. So for example, I do Tuesday afternoons. That way, whenever you need to schedule appointments, you know a time when you'll definitely be free.
0: I love that. That's beautiful. Then you always know no matter what, Tuesday afternoons, it's go time for whatever doctor's appointment, treatment, what have you.
1: Yes. And Perfect. it's so much easier if you are on the phone trying to schedule something and they're like, what days and times can you do? I would be like, I can do Tuesday afternoon
0: anytime. Perfect. That is a great tip. I should, I'm going to start stealing that. Not that I have a ton of doctor's appointments, but you know, hair and nails and stuff. Exactly. It works for that too. You know when you're free. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So what about planning? Use
1: a planner. Like I love my planner and I really like to color code medical things as red and then everything else, of course, different colors. But this includes appointments, procedure dates, if I'm in the hospital, just to keep a record. Okay. Because along that line... The more documentation you Mm -hmm. have, the better. If you have to miss the class, clinical, or even an exam, remember to get a doctor's note. Because as we've all heard before, if you didn't document it, it didn't happen.
0: Absolutely good. Yes. Because, yeah, the school, um, even though, you know, your instructors might really care about you as as a person... They still have procedures to follow. So yeah, you may definitely need that documentation. Great reminder on that one. Yes. And then, so finally,
1: use your experiences to your advantage, whether that's your extensive medication knowledge to help ace a farm exam or being able to rock your therapeutic communication exercises because you can really empathize with your patient. You have a unique skill set that you've developed because of your chronic illness journey, not in spite of it.
0: Wow. That's so, that's so impactful. And you know what? I think, honestly, a lot of times I hear students' stories and they're telling me why they decided to become a nurse. It's so often because of an experience that they themselves have had. And that can so greatly and positively impact your practice and how you communicate with other people. So I'm so glad that you brought that up.
1: That's actually, to get even personal, that was part of what led me to nursing was I had sepsis and the nurses were the ones that identified it, were getting treatment going, and are were so kind and there for me in a way that I just never experienced from anyone before. Wow. And so that's... What led me to nursing? I wanted to be to someone, one of my patients, even a fraction of what they were to me.
0: And I know you will be. I just have a really (laughs) good feeling about that, Christina. So thank you. This was so amazing and so inspiring and I know so helpful for other students. So thank you. Thank you again so very, very much.
1: Absolutely. It was my pleasure.
0: Again, I just want to thank Christina for taking not only the time, but so much thought and care in what she shared with you all today. I'm sure that she inspired so many people today, and that is so, so meaningful to me. So thank you again so much, Christina. And if you have a chronic illness and are thinking about going to nursing school, I want you to think about how you can make that dream come true. And if you're in school and maybe struggling, I really hope Christina was able to provide you with some tips and ways that you can navigate this part of your life. Thanks again. This podcast is brought to you by Straight A Nursing.